From the Bristol Herald Courier, I'm Delina Matthews, and this is On the Record. This week on the record, reporter Luke Cross interviews director of Bristol, Tennessee City Schools, Tom Sisk, about his first three months on the job. Everything's going great, I think. We're having a, a great school year. Um, it's been an exciting time, and I have really, uh, my wife and I have really enjoyed the Bristol community since we've arrived. What have you enjoyed most about it? <clears throat> Golly, do I have to limit myself? <laughs> uh, the selection of restaurants to the uh, opportunities for music, the opportunities for live entertainment, going to the Bristol, going to Barter Theater, going uh, to all the sporting events. In 32 years in education, I got to attend swim meets for the first time. We didn't have that where I was at before. Uh, to attend um, the uh, dinner theater that the chorus program put on at Christmas time, it was it was really enjoyable. There's a lot of great things going on in the school system and in this community. Okay, so what was the first thing you noticed uh, starting the school system? What was the first, first thing that I noticed in this school system how caring and compassionate our teachers are. Um, I have been in 180 classroom visits since my arrival, um, and consistently I remain uh, impressed with the quality of the job that they do. Um, that's the first thing I noticed. The second thing I noticed was uh, how much community support that there is for uh, our children here in Bristol. Uh, the work of connections, um, the work of the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the United Way, um, and so many other organizations that have partnered with the school system uh, to provide services uh, from mental health to uh, school safety it's just a lot of great things going on. Uh, in many ways, uh, Bristol is far ahead of what, uh, what I had to work with in Alabama. So I'm very thrilled with what I've seen. And I get to work with Rebecca Craddock. I, I would have been, yeah. <laughs> it was worth the move, yeah. And what have you seen that seems to be, are, are those the things that seem to be going the best here? Or are there other things that seem to be going really, really well? That People are receptive uh, here to uh, workforce development ideas that I've put forward. They've been receptive to the idea of enhanced academic offerings. We are hoping uh, to put forward an MOU in the next couple of months with uh, some higher ed institutions in the area to offer an early college program. Um, as soon as those MOUs are uh, signed, we will reveal those partnerships. But the idea is for 11th graders starting next fall to be able to take college classes. And by the time they walk across the field at the uh, Stone Castle, they have their associates in hand. And that's not something that's happening anywhere else uh, 
uh, in Northeast Tennessee. And I have to applaud Dr. Tudor for her work on that. I've given her some parameters and then I've stepped back. So this has been her baby and she has done an outstanding job with it. Um, we have shared some of that with board members, but again, as soon as we have the MOUs uh, signed, then I will uh, work out something through Ms. Craddock's office for an announcement of which schools. But we envision 20 to 30 students participating in the first cohort. So that is something we feel really good about. Um, at the board meeting last Monday night, was it Monday night? Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is. They don't let me out of here much. This light is day or night. It doesn't matter. Um, at, at, the, at, the, at the board meeting, uh, we talked about uh, the number of career tech classes uh, that we are going to be rolling out. And it's something I know that you've reported on previously. So we are getting very close uh, to rolling out a number of new programs. At the very least, there will be quite a few new classes that will be available to our students this fall. And so I'm very excited about that. What are those new classes going to be? What are they going to yeah, be? Can you tell me at the moment? Uh, not really, in the, but I, I will tell you this much. In fairness, um, every one of these that's highlighted are new classes. And so one of the areas we're really hoping to do something in is welding, uh, sports and human performance, which is an expansion of our nursing program and therapeutic program. So like sports and so. Pardon? So like at athletic nursing, I knew some people in college that were going to that. Yes, like that. yeah. And see, a lot of these will be through dual enrollment and online courses. Uh, one of the things I'm hoping to talk a little bit about will be like a culinary arts expansion for tourism. But as far as actual classes, we'll send that to the to the state, and we uh, get approved to add those courses to our course catalog. IT, you know, we're going to be focusing in those areas as well. Business, we're going to focus in those areas. So there'll be a number of announcements probably after spring break, and of course, you'll be one of the first people we tell. Okay, so do you have any other major priorities besides uh, the kind of expansions to CTE and the MOU? For Actually, I had uh, seven keys to college and career readiness that I have uh, announced to the board. Uh, one is for grade level reading for third grade, all children on grade level. That's our goal. Uh, fourth grade by math. Uh, we wanted to have an ACT composite score as a district of a 24, which is a very lofty goal, but ambitious, but we're going to work towards it. Uh, we wanted to ensure that every student that graduates from Tennessee High uh, is prepared for either college or work, uh, maybe a, a uh, either through a dual enrollment course, uh, an AP class, CP class, um, a career tech class. So uh, that's going to be one of those goals. Uh, let's see. We talked a little bit about uh, school safety enhancing those features. Um, so those are all part of those seven keys that I gave to the board 
probably about a month ago. Um, we are in the process of starting a five-year strategic plan uh, and we are working with an organization called SCORE, S-C-O-R, and it stands for State Collaborative on Reforming Education. And they are a statewide think tank and we are their first school system uh, to work with directly in the creation of a strategic plan. And so they look at the seven points uh, they are also looking at the other data. When I arrived here, I said I would want to look, listen, learn, and lead. We distributed hundreds of postcards with uh, basic questions. What do you like? Uh, what do you wish we did? How could we get better? Things like that. Uh, our staff here assembled those hundreds of replies that we got back, uh, broke those down and uh, shared the, the findings with the board last night uh, in the public meeting. So a lot has been going on. Um, we will be rolling out something I'm calling Bristol Bridges. And the Bristol Bridges concept, think of a, what a bridge really symbolizes, it's overcoming barriers. And every student that we have has barriers to overcome. He or she may have barriers uh, because maybe they're not really good at reading or maybe they're not really good at math or they may have barriers because uh, they come from a, a very challenging home because maybe some things aren't going the way that they need them to go or want them to go. Or they may have other challenges. Uh, they could be physically handicapped uh, or other challenges. So the bridge represents the overcoming of those and creating a pathway, because Tennessee loves to use that word, uh, to success into the 21st century. And so the columns of that bridge, there are three of them, preparing those who enter straight into the world of work when they graduate from Tennessee High, and we hope to prepare them with credentials, industry recognized credentials, into high wage, high demand jobs. Some will go on to programs like TCAT and other associate degrees like East Tennessee State U. Um, and then we want to prepare those that are going to go straight on to UT or ETU at ETSU. Um, so, though, so basically we want to have something for everyone. Uh, and so that will be kind of my umbrella theme or approach to it under the Bristol Bridges. So we're building that bridge uh, from graduation to the next chapter in that child's life, or student's life probably more accurately. What, what do you think about the uh, position you've inherited from Dr. Lilly? What do you, what do you think of? Oh my goodness, let me tell you, Dr. Lilly did such a wonderful job. This staff here is just absolutely magnificent to work with. Hard working group, very dedicated. Um, I've been quoted a couple of times as saying I don't want to mess anything up. Um, <laughs> Dr. Lilly did a really good job uh, positioning uh, Bristol, Tennessee City Schools uh, to being a, a national leader uh, in a number of areas and it's my goal to build on those things that those legacies he left us while trying to throw in a few things that are might be my strength in Bailiwick, such as workforce development, career technical education, 
early college. And what do you think about some of the existing programs like Reading Buddies? Oh, isn't that awesome? My wife's a volunteer. Uh, she's reading at Avoca. I think it's an outstanding program. Um, like this, too? Yeah. Do I, you? Uh, I, yeah, I volunteer at Anderson. Well, thank you. <laughs> that is so awesome. I think that's awesome. This is one of those examples of where I said when we first started where Bristol was so much further ahead than what I was used to. I wish we would have had that in place in Limestone. Um, the Reading Buddies program's an awesome uh, program. Uh, we couldn't do it without volunteers. We couldn't be successful as a school system without community engagement and support. But not only in Reading Buddies, there are so many other examples. Last night we honored Lee and, and Rush uh, Powell, Powers, Powers uh, for their continued support of our connection program. Um, they provide space so that we can make that program possible, which is a true blessing to this community in my estimation. Um, the meeting before this interview was with the uh, director of the Boys and Girls Club, uh, Dick Collins, and you know we talked about partnerships there. We, we share a facility uh, where we put some of our alternative programs into one of their facilities. Again, another example of working together with others uh, with the end result being what's best for kids. Are there any challenges that are unique to Bristol that didn't exist in Limestone County? Of course there are. Uh, personalities are going to be different, uh, expectations are going to be different, and it's important for me as an instructional leader to mean this when I say it. It is not my goal to remake Bristol in the image of Limestone County. My challenge is to figure out what it is that we as a community need. What are the expectations of our community? and then to meet with my staff and team to come up with a plan that meets those needs. Um, and that's what Look, Listen and Learn has been all about, is getting that feedback. The process that we're going to go through uh, with uh, strategic planning with SCORE is going to do a lot of that work. Um, we created a teacher advisory council that meets with me monthly uh, we had our first meeting in January. Uh, we'll meet again, I think, on February 14th. Um, getting feedback from teachers from every one of the departments and buildings is important uh, because we're going to co-construct it. Uh, another challenge here is for me, personally, to figure out all the Tennessee laws and the acronyms. They're different. For example, uh, the funding formula in Alabama is different than the funding formula in Tennessee. In Alabama it's called the Foundation Program and we work directly with our state legislators to get funding. In Tennessee it's called the Basic Education Plan or BEP and our County Commission plays a more direct role in our funding equation. And so uh, those are a couple examples. Um, in Alabama, it's the Child Nutrition Program, and here it's the School Nutrition Program. Little nuances in language, but enough to confuse me when I'm trying to talk about it. So um, those are the challenges, learning uh, 
the Tennessee law and becoming familiar with our board policy here. Uh, there have been a couple of times when I've wanted to do something a certain way and I had to go back and check board policy because I wanted to be sure just because it was within policy in Alabama doesn't mean it is here. For example, the Sunshine Law in Tennessee is different than the Sunshine Law in Alabama. In Alabama, I could meet with multiple board members at the same time without public notice as long as they didn't represent a quorum of the group. So if I had seven board members, I could meet with three and discuss a matter. I cannot do that in Tennessee. In Tennessee, I can only meet with one board member at a time. And I can't meet with three or four or five of them in series because that violates the Sunshine Law. I can't talk about the same topic five different times. And the intent of the law is very clear. Uh, it's to make sure that the business of the board and the director of schools are conducted in public eye. I respect it and I follow it. But those are some examples of how the law is different. So those are the things that I'm having to learn uh, to, to work through. Did I answer your question? Mm hmm Okay. Have you mentioned your classroom visits? Pardon? Have you mentioned your classroom visits? No. Um, matter of fact, uh, I will have the next round of classroom visits on Wednesday, no, Thursday with Mr. Linkus. Um, and he'll be the last of the board members that will be going through. But I, I'm, I'm pushing 200, 200 classroom visits I've been in uh, since I arrived uh, on October 30th. And, um, of course, last year I did about 1,000 classroom visits, so this is not new. Uh, it is here, but it's not new to my practice. I think it's important for uh, families to know that um, if I expect principals to be in the halls and in the building and visible uh, during school day, then they have an expectation for me to be visible in the buildings. And so um, that's been my practice for the last eight and a half years. It's something that I prided myself on with being involved in the schools. Um, so, um, you know, I'm trying to get involved. I'll give an example where that paid dividends. Um, we were going through Vance Middle School and as I arrived there some of the kids were wearing coats and we had discovered that one of the boilers was down. A line uh, that fed that boiler uh, had been damaged during deconstruction of the gym as part of the new Vance Middle School project. And so with one boiler down the temperatures uh, instead of being 70 uh, we're like 64 or 63 or 62, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't want to tell you wrong, but it was lower, but it certainly wasn't freezing. And because I was there myself and in the building, I went down. I saw that the maintenance crew was working on it. I saw how they fixed the problem. And then when parents called me later that day saying, oh, my gosh, my kids are freezing at Vance. I'm like, well, it's colder, but it's not freezing. Well, yeah, they told, I'm telling you, I was there. And so being able to be there and answer in real time uh, gives me uh, an opportunity to connect with families um, and let them know. And you talked a little bit about your classroom visits during your interview and 
may have come up in the previous interview. Well, I think it's important for people to know that I am going to be engaged. Um, and the dividend to me, uh, I've been going to Walmart and other places, and kids have come up to me and say, Hey, Doc Sisk, how are you? You know, I want that relationship with students. I'm still a teacher. Mm-hmm. I may hold a different title, but I'm still a teacher. And uh, just as I would expect students to have those relationships with their individual classroom teachers and their principals, I, I want them to feel comfortable with me to have that same relationship. And I'm at a disadvantage. I mean, you know, Dr. Lilly uh, came up through the ranks here. His kids played on the same ball clubs. My children did not. Mine are grown. They, they did all that somewhere else. And so it's even more important for me uh, to have that opportunity uh, to build those relationships with students. That's why we have a student senate that also meets with me every month. Was the student senate your idea? It was. I had one of those in the other district. It's the first year we've ever had one. Um, um, if you go under the chair, there's a box that you can see one of the shirts if you want to show him. Okay. We had uh, shirts made for our students in it. Uh, <laughs> they came in two days after after the kids met with me. Uh, but um, this is these kids are elected by their classmates. And so, and so uh, yeah, I thought it would just be kind of cool to have it as an inaugural group. Um, so the senior class, president and vice president, the junior class, president and vice president, sophomore and, and freshman class, president and vice president, those eight, along with three kids that are either HOSA, FBLA, or other organizational president in career tech, make up the student senate. So all of those young people are there because they were elected by their classmates in some capacity either as a uh, extracurricular co- club or organization or as a class officer. And in both of those meetings, Mr. Powell, our board chairman, also attended. Because they may ask me questions I don't have an answer for, and I think it's important that we give them the best information we can. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you do in the classroom visits? Well, uh, look listen and learn. Uh, I observe. Uh, I look for certain things. I'm looking if the teacher has an essential question on her board. I'm looking to see evidence of prior planning. I'm looking to see that they're uh, engaged and participating. Uh, I'm not interested if they're in nice neat rows or super super quiet. Uh, I'm looking for uh, is the room warm and inviting? Is it clean? Is it uh, appropriate for the lesson? Are there examples of technology being utilized at the time? Um, Just a whole host of things. But keep in mind, it's not my role in that capacity to do a classroom observation as part of that teacher's overall evaluation. That's what I expect my principals to do, and they are all very adept at doing it. But if I do see something, and I haven't since I've been here, but if I do see something that needs to be corrected or that's not right, I will point it out right then and there. In the other district, um, I was in a biology class, 
and the students were supposed to be labeling the parts of a plant and animal cell. And there was a microscope with a special camera lens that projected it on a whiteboard on the front of the classroom. As the kids were labeling the heck out of it, I mean they were just labeling, it didn't look right to me. So I walked over and I realized that the lens had moved and they were actually trying to label an air vacuole that was caught between the lens and, and the solution. And so it wasn't indeed focused on either a plant or animal cell, uh, which I brought to the attention of the teacher. And so every once in a while, I, I'll find something like that, but uh, I've not seen that here. Everybody's pretty efficient. Well, beyond pretty efficient. And uh, have you looked at all that existing school infrastructure about the age of some of the schools? Have you read the uh, report that came out a couple years ago about the facilities? I have glanced through it. I have not read it at, at length. Um, I have to sleep sometime. <laughs> um, and there's been a number of other areas that I have focused on. But fiscal plant is one of the categories that we will be reviewing as part of our five-year strategic plan. Uh, the board has a facilities committee, uh, and Mr. Powell, as board chairman, is a part of that committee. Um, there are a number of areas that there are priorities to address. First and foremost is to get the new middle school built. Uh, we are in the process right now of bidding out a roof uh, or a series of roofs over Tennessee High. Uh, we have a a comprehensive fascia replacement plan going around the entire exterior of the high school, you know, where the wood is, where all of the, uh, I don't know what the right word is, um, but all the architectural features are going to be uh, repaired and replaced if they're rotted and, and fixed and brought up to spec. Um, that That's ongoing right now. Um, but going forward, I'm not in a position at this point to announce any other major capital outlays. My number one priority is to make sure that the new middle school uh, is state-of-the-art and prepared to, uh, dump, constructed well and prepared to serve our community for the next 50 to 75 years. And that is a tremendous burden. Having built three schools previously, and renovated 1.1 million square feet of instructional spaces in the other district. It's an area that I have a little bit of expertise in. But there is a point I want to communicate that you can help me with. Since I arrived here, when we've looked at budgeting, and I, and I mean us, I mean the city and the school system, so many times we have a limited number of dollars to work with and so often the companies that bid on these come in over and we have tried to in the past find funds to do that um, that is not something that I'm in the habit of doing I believe in coming in on budget or under and so the last go around uh, we had uh, roof bids opened, all of them were overbid, so I rejected every single one of them, announced what the dollar amount is, and we're going to play golf. You ever play golf? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Have you ever heard of a game called Closest to the Pin, 
where the idea is you hit a golf ball, see how close you can get to mm -hmm. the pole without hitting it. Well, in that game of golf, that's the game I'm introducing to our contractors. Get as close to our budget number without going over and you win. Mm -hmm. Because my responsibility is to save your tax dollars, her tax dollars, and my tax dollars. And I want them to know that I am not going to just arbitrarily approve uh, estimates that are over the budget on a routine basis. Now, having said that, will I do it? There may be times when I need to go over budget, and in which case then I have a conversation with the engineer that gave me the budget. But I think it's important for our families to know that I'm trying to be a very uh, fiscally responsible and conservative uh, superintendent. And what do you think of the plans for the new middle school? Oh, I think they're awesome. Uh, having poured over those plans a number of times and been a part of a number of conversations, I find the school to be very well designed, uh, extremely uh, forward thinking. Uh, I, I just state of the art. Um, and going forward, uh, we're going to look at ways that we can engage the community further in in the rollout of this school. So there'll be more to come on that. And so what are the things you hope to have established by the end of this school year and that are on your agenda, personal agenda? What do you have hope to have established we, by the end? By the we will have new moment? courses announced in Career Tech. We will have an early college program announced. We will hopefully have a memorandum of understanding worked out with the, uh, to expand school resource officers. That's a goal. Um, we expect to uh, announce plans for a summer camp of some sort for middle schoolers uh, around the construction arts because we don't have enough plumbers, electricians, carpenters, or block layers in Bristol. So we got to train the next generation of those. Um, I expect that uh, we will have a strategic plan that's been co-constructed by our community uh, with input from various focus groups. I expect uh, that we will have a custodial standards handbook that will be adopted. Uh, when we did a teacher advisory council, four of them uh, are meeting with Mr. DePew to come up with the standards that we will uh, start employing in all of our classes next year. I expect that uh, the teachers of Bristol will continue to do the great work that they are known for. This is a very good school system and I am thrilled to be a part of it. And what about by the beginning of the next year? I am just in the first steps mm -hmm. of, of setting the budget. Um, and so I'm not really at a point where I can, can really tell you much about it. It goes back to I'm still learning. Uh, and literally on February 3rd, I have to go to Nashville for Superintendent Academy Part 2. I have been exempt from Part 1 because I am a veteran superintendent with over eight years' experience. But uh, I need to learn a little bit more. And so Part 2 deals with the budgeting and Tennessee law and I'll be taking that in Nashville along with every other new director of school in the state. 
hired this past year. At that point, I'll probably learn a little bit more what I'm talking about. I don't want to misspeak. Mm -hmm. And okay, so uh, so SROs, um, have you been in discussion with the city manager? I have because he did because I just came from there. We both session. agree that there is a way to fund this on a reasonable level. We have both talked about the use of retired officers in the elementary schools. Um, that is a practice I engaged in in Limestone County where I had 17 schools to staff. Here I'll only have to staff five. And so the idea would be to allow retired deputies, uh, troopers, uh, wildlife fishery officers, anybody that's post-certified uh, that can work so many hours during the course of the year uh, before they're impacted their re retirement. They would be employed by the uh, police department uh, and be post-certified. The city manager has said that the city will uh, train and equip them and we will pay them this first year out of a grant and then we'll figure out going from there. But I am working really hard to come up with a plan that will support and sustain that overall plan. That overall once we get them in there, they're going to be there. That's my plan. I and think that's a good deterrent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was reading something earlier at the budget session about SEL training for, I forget exactly what it stands for. I haven't a clue. Uh, social emotional learning. Yeah, social emotional learning training for. There was training with the board. The board went through some yeah. uh, training, and that was through Bristol Promise. Mm -hmm. But again, in the I, city budget? No, no, I no. I was reading an article about, about that for for SRO officers oh, okay. and how it's a growing push for it, including from I think the national. I'm sure. Uh, the national organization that represents. Basro is yeah. the name of it. The yeah. National Association of School Resource Officers, mm -hmm. and I've been affiliated with that for the last eight years. So I've attended one national, and I've attended six, no, five, five Alabama um, state conferences. So yeah, that's part of that PD and uh, training that we talked about earlier. So their training would be. I would think so, and I wouldn't limit it to that. I mean, social-emotional learning, emotional intelligence, those are all buzz phrases in the education community, and we do a lot of this sometimes, well, a lot of this kind of work occurs in faculty meetings from time to time, and they would certainly be a part of that. But the city of Tenet, the Bristol, Tennessee Police Department already has in place some things that I wish we had in Limestone. For example, uh, from time to time it's necessary for police to enter into a home. And when that happens, a child we don't know how that child is impacted by that entry. Uh, they may not have slept well because a loved one was incarcerated. Uh, and so the police have something called Handle with Care and we get a handle with care notice on that child and that prepares our school counselors and our mental health professionals working in our buildings uh, and our teachers to let them know uh, that this child may be acting a little differently today because we don't know each child handles those kinds of events differently but 
the most important piece is that by being notified, not the, spec the specifics of what happened, we don't get that, but we just know that something happened and because of that there might be some reasons to explain why that child's acting up in class. If we don't know that and they're just acting up and being disruptive in general, that could incur a discipline. But because we know that maybe something happened the night before, uh, we can be more sensitive because there can be extenuating circumstances. So that's something that that partnership with the police department, I wish we had that in Alabama. So I applaud the chief and the department for that. That was Steve. Steve had a lot to do with that too. And what parts of yourself are you working on? What parts of yourself do you see improvement? What projects am I? Personally, personal improvement. Where do you see yourself improving related to people? That could be an article for another whole. That What's your self-help plan? My typing skills as I get older have, have gotten bad. And so you will see that I have this mic. And I plug this in, and I'm learning to use a new software system. And it allows me to dictate uh, my memos, uh, the... Uh, white paper, the directives, um, the things that we're doing. So um, in order to enhance my, my personal productivity, I have engaged in using more technology so that I can do it. Because I'm a letter writer. I send out a lot of things in writing. I'm one of the old school superintendents that believe if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. And so um, to do that, Mr. Uh, Arnold, who's the head of our IT department, at my request, researched a software platform uh, and we put that software in there and I can dictate. And that takes a load off of Ms. Jenkins because uh, although her, one of her primary responsibilities is to help me communicate through written notice, I can go ahead and dictate it. I'll send it to uh, Ms. Craddock from time to time and to uh, Ms. Jenkins for review and edit because the software is still relatively new and uh, what I say and what it hears and what it types may not always be the same. If I type the number 11 and it's supposed to be the word assessed, I, was, I, was, I finally gave up on that one. I was like, usually you can tell with the context. Yeah what it's supposed to be, but I was just cracking up. I was like, I give up. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's good, so one of the areas of, of that is on this. Another <laughs> area of self-help is balance. I don't, one of my real personal goals is to establish balance. You need that one. You And I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> balance in my life in so much that uh, it, I can work and I do. I come in most mornings 6.30, and most days I don't get out of here until 5.30 or 6. Those are 12-hour days. And, you know, you can do the math. I do that five days a week, and then never mind the number of night activities, swim meets, wrestling meets, basketball, football, uh, volleyball, uh, PTA. Uh, I, I have to have time off, and so... I'm a type A personality. I think everybody that works around me would agree with that. And so something I have to work on is uh, establishing balance and doing some things for fun. 
which I did not do a very good job of in the other district. And it's something that my wife is helping me with now. To that end, um, we have, she has scheduled things for me to do uh, so that I have, because if it gets on my calendar, I do it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I go to music concerts with her. She loves bluegrass. I like it. She loves it. And so we go, we go to some bluegrass. Um, we have scheduled walks. I mean, it's on an appointment. I, I put it in there. And so it may sound silly, but you ask me what are the things I'm working to get better at. I'm working at getting balance I, and, and not working 10 and 12 hours every day. Because if you're passionate about it, it doesn't seem, your day, your day passes. I mean, what time is it now? You know. But when I come in here in the morning, this is what it looks like. When I leave here tonight, this is what it looked like. So in, <laughs> unless I pull up on my phone, I don't know what time it is. I don't know how many times Penny's like, Dr. Sisk, are you going, aren't you going to eat lunch? Because I'll work through it. So I'm, I'm, that's something I really have to work on. So I'm increasing productivity through technology, and Jenny is working with me to get balance and some fun stuff. So one of the things I've made a commitment to do is to get more involved in Boy Scouts, something that I have been passionate about over the years and been successful with. Uh, you can see I've had a number of awards in scouting. Um, when I became superintendent Limestone County, I all but stepped away from scouting because the work there was very demanding as well, and it was a larger district. Mm -hmm. Here, it's a smaller district, but there aren't as many people to delegate to. So I still end up touching the same amount of stuff, or maybe more. Not to mention, I don't think his mind stops, even when he's not working. Well, you can ask Jenny about that. That's why I wake <laughs> up at 4.30 in the morning. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I'm a very, I think if there's anything I would want you to put in this article, <laughs> is I would want to communicate that I feel like I'm a very blessed man to get the opportunity to do something that I feel passionate about, which is working with young people. On the Record is made possible by David Cricker, Delana Matthews, David McGee, Nate Hubbard, and Tim Hayes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next.